one broad announcement. Okay. Okay, over to you, Mo. Well, hello and welcome to Angora Poets World Cafe, where we invite poets, writers, and other artists from the four corners of our planet to present to us in their native language, be it English, French, Swahili, Russian, whatever, because we are sensitive people willing to listen to the sounds and beauties of our own language and the languages of others. And so I welcome everybody. And we are, as usual, a diverse crowd uh, crossing frontiers and borders and cultures and languages. And so uh, I wish to mention at the very start that uh, Angora Poets World Cafe is on a YouTube channel. And the name of that YouTube channel is also Angora Poets World Cafe. Additionally, you may notice we changed the logo uh, thanks to our poet, uh, our poet tech man, Mohammed Tariq Anis, thanking him very much for doing that. And uh, also, we have begun, <clears throat> we have created a website. And right now, we are loading content onto that website, which will include Angora poets past and present, along with their videos and texts. So Angora Poets, who joined us when I started this three years ago, as David Leo Siwa might remember, as one of our first memorable participants. So that's who we are, people. And uh, I would also like to thank a couple groups who are carrying us, which is to say presenting our broadcasts. And that would be Poets Unplugged in the Czech Republic and in the States, Beezine, Bardo, a beat poetic is also carrying us. And we thank them very much for their support and their partnership with us. All right, enough of these announcements and uh, we'll begin this reading. And what I'd like to do is ask Isabel, if you would please begin for us, Isabel Lorion. Okay, if you, if you wish. I do wish, please. Okay. So I was a bit uh, bitter when I wrote this text, so don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Greed and stupidity are the new gods, and it sucks, as it had never sucked before. Mm. I am not the kind of people that heals her soul by the count. So the mayor of loneliness, despair, and infinite infinite sorrow I ride over the rivers of Babylon. Pollution of the mines, pollution of the air, dirtiness and filthy mouses. There are no virgin planets where to escape to. You powered rich people, you're all miserable. Jesus Christ is no more but another fag. There is no hope. There will be no more, too much, tears of blood and no absolution. Humanity, have you turned into a bunch of ghosts in the hand of the market? My love is dead. My love has been buried under an atomic cash package of garbage. Her harsh nourished the last song of the dying wells. We will survive in the memory of the extinct 
disappearing races of living beings. Humanity abiding to social distanciation. Varum, have you all turned into Muppets? Brother, when I needed your love, understanding and friendship, you but copy me, record me and use me. Sister, when I needed you to scream and fight with me, you failed and betrayed. Humanity, you made a fool out of purity, you nagged at it, instead of praising beauty and beneficence. Today you pay the price, the birds are mocking you. I'm not gonna stay still looking at the spectacle of the fall of Babylon on TV in the streets of the big cities, in the stinky supermarket, inside the stinky supermarket. No, I won't stay still. I will dance to the end. I will dance to the end. I will dance to the end. Bravo, bravo. Very nice, Isabel. You will dance to the end. Resistance. Against the odds, we stay in the game. All right. Very nice. Do you have a second piece, Isabel? Yes. So it's uh, with uh, some pictures. Please. Okay. Okay. A blue horse with a golden mane under a rain of blue stars among giant paradise flowers. In the jungle of the mine, she is the mare that rides the blue night. Okay, very nice. A red young boy with a yellow bird dancing on his right hand. His left hand is in his pants. They sing together a song of joy and rebellion for Mother Nature to listen carefully. On his belly screams a red, wide, open mouth in a field of white daisies and wild leaves of grass. The sky joins the sea on a stormy vast of eternity. The axe of the Amazons strangles his throat in a butterfly note. I'll show you better. Yes. Beautiful. Okay, yes. thanks everybody. It's well, nice thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Isabel. Very fine yeah. way to open us up. Very, very nice. And now I would like to call on your cross-channel neighbor uh, from the UK, Juliana. Would you like to please present to us, Juliana? Right, yes. I'm Juliana. Can you see me okay? Yes, very well. Okay. I'm Juliana Ranikar Breeze, um, and until recently, for the last 18 months, I hosted my own salon in Brighton, and there is a Facebook page, obviously it's inactive at the moment, called, because I haven't gone virtual, uh, and it's Juliana's Spoken Word Salon, and that's on Facebook, and... Um, I'm also a radio broadcaster there again, 
that, of course, hasn't gone virtual either. So everything's on hold uh, because we don't know how long. Um, we're, right. we're still we're still in lockdown. Right. Um, I, I'm but amazed. If you, if you would if you would read for us now, we yes, would like of to course, hear what you course. have to present. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, uh, I, I've got one very short one because um, I'm in my twilight years, as you can probably see looking at me. Um, so. This is entitled, it's very short, Embracing the Twilight Years. I am more intriguing with advancing age. I smile at me. I choose my look of the day, my advanced style. I select a turban. I coordinate my jewels. In the harsh reality, I reflect. I see me. That's the first one. Very nice, thank you. Uh, okay, the second one. It's entitled, If I Was Not Myself, I Would Be Someone Else. But in my twilight years, I am happy being who I am. In fact, there are others who would like to be like me. I am completely myself now. No husband to criticize my behavior. I am a creative individual. I'm like Marmite. Love me or don't. I don't care and I never have. I'm a magnet for individuals who recognize me. It takes one to know one. I have new talents that I'm discovering and exploring. I have no mentor. I have become the mentor. If I want something, I get it. If you don't ask, you don't get, has always been my motto. I'm a survivor. I am self-confident. I am positive. I let go of all the negativity in my life. I experienced four lost years in breakdown and I'm making up for lost time. Writing kept me going. Writing is healing. Words are empowering. I found my voice on the radio and I have a voice. I am heard. I have stories and tell them on the radio. I am a storyteller and always have been. Now people listen. I'm an interviewer and I always have been. Now people listen and talk. I do not want to be someone else. I celebrate who I am. I am unique. I am me. Have I got time for one more little one? Hello? Hello? A little one, please. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't see you for a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll end with this one. It's called Shangri-La. The place we are all searching. The end of the rainbow. That pot of gold. Paradise lost. The perfect place to live when the search is over at the end of our long lives. 
the quest without fear or worry, peace. I am still searching on the journey, but as I get older, peace comes from within. I am no longer searching with the same eyes. My eyes have been opened. The rose-tinted glasses abandoned with maturity. I am wiser in friendship and relationships. I am no longer chasing a dream. I am a realist. I embrace with dignity the twilight years. The end of the rainbow is nearer than I think. Tomorrow may never come. Thank you. Merci. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. We are we are all the better for you joining us. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I will oh, be yes, with you next you. week. And, now and, that uh, I've got over the the okay. inhibition. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> good. It, I don't think good. we're recording though. Uh, I don't see the red dot uh, with the message uh, like I saw earlier. Enregistrement court, uh, meaning, of course, it's uh, recording. I don't see that. Uh, that Mo would know that. And Mo is away from his station. So we will just simply carry on. And, and Okay. And I want to welcome Anamique. Uh, hello, Anamique. Hi. Uh, good I'm to see you. Are you, in, are you in Holland or Paris tonight? No, I'm in Paris. Okay. Welcome, Anamique. Thank will you. you. Will you be presenting tonight? No, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Well, you're more than welcome. Welcome Thank on you. board. Thank you. And I, and I want to say hello to Ronald Bremer. Hello, Ronald. Hello, Ronald. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hello, Mo. How are you? Oh, there he is. Okay, good, Ronald. And uh, oh, I have two faces under your name. I have you, and then I have a woman. Uh, in one of the squares under the same name as you. Oh, no, take your computer. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's my wife. She's going to be, uh, I want my computer back. Okay, well, work that out, Ronald. Work that out with your wife. And um, will you be presenting, Miss um, Bremer? And Jessica. <laughs> okay, Jessica, hi. Will you be yes. presenting? Okay, good. I will call on you in a bit. Thank you. Okay. All right, then. Now that we welcome some new people in, uh, now I would like to ask uh, someone who edits um, a, a very fine poetry edition and participates on a lot of different platforms, and her name is Roxanne Hoffman. Hello, Roxanne. Oh, hi, everybody. How are you? Hi. Okay, you caught me unaware. So let me just uh, pull up what I was gonna read. Okay. Okay, so the first piece is called Living with the Dead. Uh, my mother speaks of a mother she cannot remember who died before her infant. I'm sorry, let me start over. Um, my mother speaks of a mother she cannot remember who died before her infant memory took shape the only relics left, an unstrung wooden rosary and a patched mantilla of black lace. Her mother's legacy of jewel-encrusted rings and brooches to feta dresses of the finest silks, 
along with the contents of her hope chest, might as well have been scattered to the winds, divided among four wailing sisters who would not relinquish their loving memory, so greedy in their grief. They did not stop to think to console her stricken widower, left lone to mind their infant niece. My father spoke of a father. All he could do was to remember, surrounded by mementos, photos, books, and art. Seeing his father's face in his own reflection when he shaved must have daily ripped his heart. It is this same face that I carry that stirred my mother's rage and sorrow too soon after my father's heart finally gave way. This man I once cherished, whose apparition I now strive to stave away. It wakes me from my dreams each fitful night to remind me of another, one who has forgotten the future and her presence buried under memories of past delight. You see, to my mother, I have become her daughter's daughter. She asks me why her daughter never comes to see her, why her own husband doesn't care, forgetting that I never had a daughter, that my father's long departed, never knowing it is I who strokes her hair. Wow. Can you follow that, Roxanne? Yeah, I got another one. Let's Please see. do. Different different tempo where are you roxanne which in country Hoboken, new jersey in the u.s okay okay and this one's called mum's the word Shh. let me tell you a secret i just overheard now don't you repeat it because mum is the word that man in the casket six thousand years old is buried with rubies and pieces of gold. They wrapped him up tightly to keep him preserved cause he was a pharaoh they thought he deserved to take it all with him wherever he went. But all of those riches could pay lots of rent. Now don't you repeat this cause mum is the word. This here is a secret that you've never heard. The guards watch him tightly, but I have observed that when shifts switch nightly, no one's too concerned. If we tiptoe in lightly, well, you get my drift. We could stroll out nightly, quite laden with gifts. Just think of the fortune one visit could bring, cause we're talking treasures reserved for a king. Nobody would miss them because dead men don't squeal, especially <laughs> mummies all wrapped up and sealed. Now, don't you repeat this because mom is the word. This here is a secret that you've never heard. Shh. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you want to do Three's a Charm, Roxanne. Okay, so this one's called the Talmud Song, which I, I have, I wrote a while ago, and I, I haven't as sung in the before. As in the, the Jewish sacred book, the Talmud? Yes, yes, okay. yes. All right. So it's, it's based from the line that um, every blade of grass has an angel that bends over and whispers, grow, grow. Okay. Mm. My daughter skipped as the bees danced she wondered if it had rained her bare feet felt the moisture 
It's only the do I explain. Only came back her question, for she heard only disdain for something she thought wondrous, and my face burned red with shame. Over each blade bends an angel, urging each leaf to grow. Grow, grow is whispered gently from the Talbot, this we know. My daughter skipped as the bees danced. She wondered if it had rained. Her bare feet felt the moisture. It's the angel's eye explain. Angel's eyes wide at attention. Yes, the angels are to blame for something small but wondrous. And then the right words came. Over each blade bends an angel, urging the grasses to grow. Each blade reaches for a sunlight from the Talmud, this we know. To grow, they need sun and water, the dark witch earth down below. Each morning they wake up thirsty and yawning stretch from head to toe. Over each blade bends an angel who gives that leaf a drink. My daughter says, yes, that's the answer. And then I saw an angel wink. Wonderful. Thanks, Roxanne. Thank you. I love it indeed. Really. Love it. A very angelic uh, voice uh, and no pun intended. <laughs> Mo, t'as bloqué ton micro. Mo, ton micro est éteint. Yes, I know. Okay, so it just reminded me with the bending blade of grass of a line I write occasionally called "Beauty is stubborn." which is a compliment to what you, you, you sung. All right, we want to what? We want to what? We want to welcome two new people with us. Uh, hailing from Paris, originally from Lesotho in Southern Africa. Hello, Rhett. Hi. Okay, Hi, I'm Rhett. unmuted now. Hey, how are Hello, you guys? We're good. Welcome aboard, Mr. Rhett. Good to see you again. Another angle. Glad Rhett. to be aboard. And uh, next to you, is a box with no image that has about eight stars in it. Who might be behind those eight stars? Okay, that's, is that you, Benedicta? Uh-oh, no volume. Yes, that's me. It's okay. me, it's Benedicta. Well, since since we it was on mute, that's why. Okay. Now, Benedicta, would you would you like to go next, please? Okay. Then I'm stopping the video, as you said. Okay. Stop the uh, right the visual. Okay. So now we have a first timer. Welcome in from Ghana, and her name is Benedicta Moma. 
in mind. It's 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 Benedict Buama. Buama. Merci. Yes. <laughs> that sounds prettier than the way I said it, woman. <laughs> Thank uh, you. You're, you're on, Benedicta. Okay. Hi, everyone. I had this poetry write-up when I read one of the books about a king and a queen and one of the affairs of love, and I would like to share it from what I read. And I captioned it, The Elegant Affairs of Love. Twists and turns of windy moments, a fuel by the heart of a just man, breathtaking, whispers that handicaps another in love, gaps between words, unraveled beauty of the one who beholds it, an overwhelming connection of passionate resilience, a sudden gesture that leaves you captured in suspense. A letter that reads his touch to a beloved. It says, an off atmosphere associated with the power that holds her, the halo below the eye, solemn clauses of fascinating heddles which bring joyous celebrations. The jaden and jar of a woman without stain, an appealing passion with a tender heart, the precious pride of a king's heart with beauty blooming in the eyes of the beholder, stunning proofs of beautiful beginnings. This is the first poem. Hello? Yes. Hello. That can was, you hear me? I certainly can. And I, I was in and I, I could hear you perfectly as I went to answer another poet who was online. So thank you very much. Do you have another one, Benedicta? Yes, there's a second one. Please do. The second one is about staggered truths. An indelible wound taking sides, coated, dilapidated runes bruises and shattered pains of the past, meddled affairs in cunning motions of depth, the odds of life, channeled phrases with no understanding, the ifs and halves of life. Thank you. Well, thank you. And um, because, uh, because you have a little time left, would you like to do as we call three is a charm? Sorry? I say, would you like to follow that with, with the last one, an, an, another poem? Okay, then hold on. The third one is Anna and Gleam. Okay. I hope my, my sound is better. It is. So Anna and Gleam, an art of words, dazzled phrases of life enthusiastic joy with reclaims of inclined reflections, the splendor that intoxicates, nevertheless statements of Diocese, the genyami in upholding honor, linguistic forms of ordered praise, paths of progressive opulence. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you, Benedicta. And um, we know there's a funny, we know that there's a budding population of poets in Ghana. 
So okay. you're going to do us a favor by reaching out to other Ghanaian poets to join us. Okay, because I'm, I'm well aware of Ghanaian poets that I've connected with in the past. We know oh, in okay. this country, among others, has a strong tradition. So thank you very much. You're welcome. By here, we don't have that strong connection. Well, maybe you have a, hopefully your next We connection. don't link up like how you've had this Angola poets and they are meeting other people worldwide for the first time. Well, it's like it's, you come out in the open, maybe a tweet on Twitter, that kind of thing, before you get to know that, oh, this person exists. Because right. some form small associations here. Well, you know what? You have a beautiful body of poetry collectively in that country, so it's time to come on out and meet the folks. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Merci. Okay, so next I would like to go way across the water in a uh, northwest direction to New Brunswick, Canada, and welcome on board one of our original Angora poets who's stationed in New Brunswick, David Leo Sirwa. Hello, David. Thank you so much. Uh, I still don't think we're recording because I don't see the dot, but that's a question from Mohammed. Yeah. So I just have one longer poem, hopefully about six minutes. Um, it's about a, a ghost visitation. Wow. Um, it's called <laughs> The Most Precious Stone. Mahadev, Leonard Safier, I sense your spirit there. The sparks of your electric presence crackle in the room's stale radiator air and leave it charged and clear. Do you have some words to share? The earth is far from ready to hold your body cold in somber soil and stone. Your chosen reason to exist, live for light and to write of it. Remember the teaching tale I told you 10 years ago when you came back to the ashram you'd seen in dreams since you were five and served selflessly at 25 doing work I had no muscle for, activities of daily living, morning and evening routines that most perform unaware of the richness there, the gift of able movement. In the story, a precious stone miner with no means to survive leaner times is told by his guru with a gentle smile, keep going, keep going. The nearly spent seeker finds a mine of sapphire, cave of grace that enables him to save his wife's and children's lives. Keep going, keep going, Madhava. That's my spiritual name, means the sweet one. Keep going, Madhava. Now that you've found the sapphire mine of your current kind of song, along the lines of what you were taught as a freshman student of beauty, who wished to frame divinity with poetry, words for the ineffable. When asked, what is the sublime? Your first workshop teacher said, the sublime is what blows your mind. Later, a poet professor taught you what to cut away 
and what to cultivate. One winter's end at 3 a.m., you sat with a close friend and talked of poetry and spirituality. You suddenly saw a dove of white fire fly across the room towards you and descend upon the crown of your head, burn its way down the length of your spine, throw your body to the bed and make a creation poem play upon your lips. Over the face of naked waters, a nameless breath was blowing. Your friend penned down what you said, and in poetry workshop, you were advised, your vision needs revision. Your automatic writing uh, could use some rewriting. You could leave this as a piece of trance channeling or go the way of literature, and I hope you do. Then 25 years of humbling handiwork. Enjoy the sapphire here. Exhaust the brilliant possibilities of this cave of cobalt blue air, treasure trove from which you attempt to share. At 25, your eyes were wide about a book upon my shelves, the collected poems of Rainer Maria Rilke. You exclaimed great praise for his work, but I offended you from then till now with what I said. Yes, it is great, but one can feel the element of trying rather than enlivened words of enlightened poet saints like your beloved Mirabai or Rumi. I once half joked, R-U-M-I? Years later, graver times came for the miner once again, his family poised on the precarious cusp of nothing to be done. The guru said with a peaceful smile, keep going, keep going. Months passed his last sapphire, the seeker searched for farther caves, generous with gems to keep a few souls alive for years. That day he was surprised by joy when a mountain's rocky contours opened a new eye. He stepped inside the opening to find a cave of clustered rubies, which brought abundant days and tranquil nights. Discipline will save your life. Madhava, as I said in 2010, you can always visit the temple. Though the ashram's doors were closed, you glimpsed the gate to the inner temple, the light behind your indigo eyes that we all have consciousness, our true life. Find the ruby mine inside you with its deep thirst for words. You know you can dance them across the page, but now include your sense of human suffering, sickness, old age, and death all red words of need. From dust to dust, nothing is lost, but we must give the space between some warm meaning, poetry of this moment for which we are here. And for the whole duration, plus the mystery of existence afterward. Let natural power move you farther. Give that ruby cave your clearest, strongest voice, student of beauty 
and the roots of human pain, knowing nothing binds us but our inward words. Offer the verse of turning within, freedom in the world of form. Inspired lines can rise off the page, the spirit's upward gravity, skyward pull. You can change our state of consciousness with words. You often recall what I said, after the ruby's richness had exhausted all its usefulness, the student's hair faded gray, the grateful miner went again to sit in his guru's palpable presence, his peace, which vibrated in the air, intoxicating all with whom he shared. Again, the wisdom always true for us who must flow with change, with a sweet and gentle smile, he said, keep going, keep going. With a refreshed spirit, the miner left and read the road ahead of him like an exquisite line of scripture. Who knew what might be written along the rugged mountain's edge? In whichever way they can, all of nature's children dance and climb the ragged rim of earth, holding on to nothing but the power that held them first. You're a dancer by birth, I told you at 25, after asking, what's it like to run? Intuition's dowsing rod led the diligent disciple to a cave dotted with diamonds. When you are strong enough to keep your heart quartz clear, then you can, like all of us, find poetry's diamond mine when you meet all three prerequisites. Your heart can make words dance at your command and sense all human pain. And when you are strong enough to surrender, give the ghost a voice. Inside each one of us, yes, inside each one of us, diamond minds of divine words that can be humbly carried into the darkened world. The natural jewels of the heart's heart call to all of us. Once I recited a poetic gem from the back of the wheelchair van, which you found so exquisite and elusive, you could not capture it in memory and I too surrendered it to time. You tasted true astonishment and asked if I had written it. Forever remember what I said, not writing, but reading from the heart of God. All your trying cannot take you far. Wake up to who you truly are. Bravo, Bravo. All right. You know, if I could summarize your poem, which I so much liked, you did shake the diamonds from the diamond dust. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Thank you. Okay, let's move along. I would like to introduce someone who is also their first time on, and he wishes to sing, and he's from Paris, France, and his name is Laurent. And Laurent, can you hear me? Yes, I do. And so would you, would you like to sing for us, as you said you wanted to do? I want to sing you a poem from Aragon. 
Louis Aragon. Aragon. Ah, excellent, mon ami. Allez. Ce qu'il a semble à raison, la vie est une maison sombre et tranquille. Si dans la chambre à côté, je te devine, c'est toujours de la poitrine, mon âme ôtée. So we know that was Louis Aragon, the celebrated French poet. And what was the name of that poem, please? Uh, this, uh, this poem is untit untitled. Okay. It's, it's from Le Fou d'Elsa, The Fool of Elsa. Okay. And, and do you have a second uh, thing to present? If you want, I can sing. Uh, if you... If, if, if you... If you enjoy, I can sing a, 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 a poem, a poem from Victor Hugo. You enjoy? From Victor Hugo. Oh, bravo. Please do. Les chansons du jeune temps.
sur ses hanches, leva son beau bras tremblant pour prendre une mûre aux branches. Je ne vis pas son bras blanc, une eau courait fraîche et creuse sur les mousses de velours et la nature amoureuse ouh, dormait dans les grands bois sourds. Rose des filles, sa chaussure est mise d'un air ingénu, son petit pied dans l'eau pure. Je ne vis pas son pied nu. Je ne vis qu'elle était belle qu'en sortant des grands bois sourds. Soit n'y pensons plus, dit-elle, depuis j'y pense toujours. Je ne vis qu'elle était belle qu'en sortant des grands bois sourds. Soit n'y pensons plus, dit-elle, depuis j'y pense toujours. Je ne songeais pas à Rose, Rose au bois, vint avec moi, da, 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 da. nous parlions de quelque chose, mais je ne sais plus de quoi. Victor Hugo. Une valeur sûre, Victor Hugo. Une valeur sûre. <rire> Comme quoi, on peut être éternel tant qu'on vit dans le cœur ou l'âme de quelqu'un et l'esprit de mind. Mo, we're not hearing you. Okay, now I want to cross the water and, and, and take us to Northern Illinois via the poet uh, Christopher Sims. Yes, yes, Northern Illinois, the place to be, according to me. <laughs> <laughs> Little a short rhyme there. Yeah, it's not bad, man. I've been all over this country, but uh, Northern Illinois ain't too bad. Just recently, I watched some pieces on Netflix. Uh, the new Barry movie on Netflix about Obama and the new uh, Michelle Obama documentary that's pretty decent. Both of them ain't too bad. Representing, of course, the fine state of Illinois. I'm going to share a poem that I haven't shared in quite some time out loud, and I'm glad I found it. I've done a lot of environmental justice work in the country and a little bit in Canada. So this piece is basically defining how I feel about the environment. This is called The Return of Earth She. Make sure I can scroll. Okay. The earth has returned. She is living, breathing, realizing her breath was leaving. She was needing us to remember her worth, to recognize her worth all over again. We used to be her friends. We used to help her heal us, help her heal us, help her heal us. And then she lost all trust and faith in us. She has returned mad, saddened, mad, saddened. However, she's empowered by this new commitment that we are signing onto, we are signing onto. She wants you, me, and the rest of the human beings who populate this planet to never take her for granted again, to never take her for granted again. If she is dying, then who wins? If she is dying, then who wins? If the earth is dying, who really wins? She is for providing for species. We live in a cycle that provides for one another, that provides for one another, that provides for one another. You and I, we are our sisters and brothers. We must take care of one another. We must take care of one another. We must take care of one another. Her lungs are smothered with toxins, radioactive chemicals, and plastic she cannot digest. 
She has cancerous garbage in her breasts. We have polluted earth to death unless we take a step forward and reverse our damaging effects. Our damaging effects are damaging effects. Our next step should be radical movements that peacefully changes things, that peacefully changes things with civility, 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 civility. We have the ability, we have the ability. Earth is alive, we can't let her die. I want my earth back, I want my earth back. I want our earth back. I want to take each of our solutions. We all have effective contributions. We need to turn our passions into action, execution, drum circles, live spoken word theater, or even getting invested. We are all a collective that can't be defeated, that can't be defeated, that can't be defeated. Immediate action is needed, is needed. What about our children? What about the future generations? Who is going to save the lungs of the ecosystem? Who is going to save the lungs of the ecosystem? Toxic water slaughters the frogs and the fish. Imagine how much they wished we didn't pollute their habitats. Clean water, clean air, imagine that. We need our earth back. She returns, we need our earth back. It is her turn. And that's that piece. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Bravo. One for Mother Earth. I'm, <clears throat> I'm glad you ended the title of that poem with the pronoun she. Mm. All right. Because she is the mother of all mothers. She Do you is. have a second one for us, Christopher? Yes, sir. I think I have a, yeah, this is brand new. I wrote this the other day and some folks have read it. I even, I tagged you in a, on it on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. No, but it's uh, the Peace Open Mic Veteran. And it's kind of long, so I'll just do two pieces, man, and that'll wrap my time up. I've had a pretty story career as an open mic participant and host myself, so this is kind of an ode to that. Go with it. All right, here it is. Open mics serve as medicine for me. I love the community and the collective energy. Incredibly, I've been known to rock a microphone in most US time zones. I am at home when I, I am at open mics, poetry venues, readings. I have been known to be the one who is hosting, emceeing. My very existence is artistic. Grammatically, I am gifted. Once the mic is lifted, I am showing ways. My vocabulary is rhythmic, mathematic, scientific. I have been attending open mics since 1998. Out the gate, I could not wait to listen, to learn, to laugh, to feel a poet's pain, a poet's true pain. Open mics are places where I mentally and spiritually gain, sustain, remain positive, insane, insane. I love the feeling of being seen, making new friends, people knowing your craft, your style, your name. I have hosted open mics in places I have never been before. We opened up the doors and poets came to roar, to score. My first open mics were in Memphis, Tennessee, in Midtown and Downtown. The people were engaging. I love the atmosphere, the sounds. I kept coming around and around and around and around and around. I was charismatic, consistently vocal, hanging with locals who had all kinds of talents, gifts, skills. Most of all, they were encouraging and real, encouraging and real. I wrote I Am A Poet so I can continue to being an open mic regular. As writer and editor, the poem helped me become a competitor, eventually at Poetry Slams. In that poem, I was just simply saying, I am, I am, I am. 
fast forward years later, here I am attending more of them online, making global connections, scribing new collections. That solidified my place as a performer, a writer, a scriber with desire that will continue to last. Here's to my future appearing at open mics, inspired by my story, consistent past. <laughs> and that's that piece. Testify. I am, I am, I am. All right, that's good. Okay, I would like to call on now another first-time person, and, and I'm going to try to get your name right this time, and it would be Nanamalar. Nanamalar, are you there? Okay. Lasagna. Okay, uh, I invite you to present now. Okay, um, I have a poem here um, that I wrote about the war in Sri Lanka. Um, it's actually about um, the um, memory of a mo the mothers who have lost their children. Um, they've been disappeared um, by the military. So it's called The Memory Creeper. Um, and uh, I have no memory of being a woman. I have no memory of being. My stories slip and slide into silver streaks and cracked shadows under the blood moon. My stories, yours or hers, deep as the womb, blood and liquid light, pierced by an arrow. There she stands, Draupadi, without Krishna to clothe her, proud, raw breasts and ankles naked. She pulls out the arrow, slicing the blood moon to hang on my forehead, a tilagam, a third eye. I remember now I'm being a woman. And most of all, the memory keeper counting the dead. Okay. All right. Righteous. Do you have a, a second uh, poem for us? Yes. Um, this actually also um, came from a painting that I did um, that my son is looking for now. <laughs> Um, it refers to um, the revolution. Um, this goes back, it's very nostalgic, uh, to the days of my mother's and grandmother's saris, which were very different. They looked like glass, and um, they heralded kind of... Um, yes, this is the painting. Uh, sorry, this is the painting. Oh, good. Uh, Let's see it, I'm please. I'm not sure if you can see it. Yes. Yes. The light. I'm not sure how to. Um, so, it was maybe after independence um, when people spoke of. Um, Tago and Tolstoy in the same breath. Mm. And there were um, discussions of revolutions 
on people's balconies. So, um, may, may I ask, was your family in, uh, active with the Tamil Tigers? Um, no, but I'm, I have a doctorate in anthropology from New York. Um, so as an anthropologist, I have um, been in on the ground writing about the war. So this was my poem the last time because my family is from the south and the voice in the north, um, but I felt the need to be in the north. So for the past 15 years, 10 years, um, I've been there. Um, so um, this is the, this is titled Days of the Glass Nylon Saris. Mm. Monsoon drenched, the red earth reflects the moon, catches on the spun glass of my orange sari, setting it alight. Sienna, burnt orange, parchment white, moon river, the color of your hunger on these lazy days of scones, clotted cream, Tolstoy and Targo on endless verandas, talking of revolutions, of a revolution that came all too soon. And do you have a third one, as we say, three is a charm? Uh, yes, it's a very short one. Uh, I think I stole this from Ron's poem, but he's very generously allowed me to steal a little bit of it, the color. Um, it's called Ice Blue Papaya. This color I cannot rename is a rope thrown carelessly into a deep well. Uncoiling, it plunges the depth, a sudden shimmer, a quick arc of light, a hangman's noose, a blue papaya, cold as ice. Wow. And that was truly intense and awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate the honor of being here. It is our honor for you to be Thank here. You. Thank you. By the way, I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you are with your companion, Ronald, right? Yes. Are you there, Ronald? He's in another room. Okay. Well, he can come on. Okay. Uh, it was so uh, emotional. Okay, okay, then Ronald can come on when he returns. Um, uh, uh, ask, I will call him when he returns. And since he is absent for the moment, I will yeah, carry He's off. actually here, but he oh. hasn't named himself. Well, he's if he. The dark blobs. Okay, well, if he wishes to present, uh, he then have him present. Hello, Ronald, are you there? He's yeah. muted. Okay, there you are. I'm trying to yeah. unmute you, Ronald. You remain muted. Well, if he's here, tell him he's muted and uh, we can get back to him if he's having a difficulty.
Okay, um, I would. Okay, he actually wants to give his place to his son if his son wishes to read. Is his son prepared to read now, or should we give his son a minute or two to prepare? Um, a minute or two to prepare would be. No, it depends what. Oh, I know it depends what his son thinks. Okay, what do you want to do? Um, I can read, but I can okay. also be given a minute. It's okay. okay, so we'll take a minute or two. No, I, uh, all right. Okay, then uh, we would deeply welcome a child to read uh, when, they, when, they, when they wish to read here on any night, including okay. tonight. Okay, so we'll call, I will call another poet. I think and after child, and I think the child is prepared to read now. Is is your child is the child prepared to read now? No. Why don't you let me be the host? Okay. So here we go. Uh, let let me call next on Bill Strangmeyer, and we'll move to uh, we'll move to New Jersey, and we'll call on Angora poet uh, Bill Strangmeyer. You're on, Bill. Thank you, Mo. Okay. Uh... I had a I had a big fight with my computer or the internet or something, and that brought up all my uh, um, what do you call it uh, uh, luddism and uh, paranoia. So this is called transparent world, translucent life. The rules that fade, the twist and dance are grilling now. The meats are naive. Balmasque, where we all think we dance, is the workshop where they build the pretty masks. The shadows come when called to count, the shades return to play. The loss of magic is today our loss of any hope, but we love what we're taught to kiss as kids. The garden flowers will not last, the climax forest mutant grows. First loves the one betrayed the best, and rational thought is a vicious myth. Our human life is a myth as well, that the money God dispels and eats. So worship your mammon and eat your sin. The fat of the land brings on the vengeance of Pan. For Pan never died, he will break his change. The mistranslation dies, the bacchanal comes, the menads will rave and wild. The sex of the dead shall return to the ledger of dust. So lay down your tiaras, turn your flag inside out, and give us up your ghosts. The clock and the wheel have both moved on. The phases of moon are no longer enough. I fear no evil. The grudge has pierced me through, and time will, in his turn, be cut. All right, thank you. And can you follow that one, Bill? Yes. Um, okay, I call this unspoken. <clears throat> I saw you, I saw you, and caught breath in my breast. The length of the barroom then widened and shrank. I knew at the moment that all had a meaning and thrust. I hoped for a God that I wished I could thank for the time. The length of a love is a measure of heaven, the end of a moment's our promise at birth. When the world we're born into is done with our living, we'll see past our knowledge, our spirits go forth. All the laughter we shared the piper we, is the piper we pay. All the love we kept silent was the strength on our road. Your quiet and grace gave me love all the day. The words never spoken. We lived as a code and a pact. To suffer fools gladly was not what you did, though you laughed and, and the charity proffered was not knowing anger or hate. No danger came near you. You winnowed the, you winnowed the wheat from the chaff. 
the one that you wanted was born in your mind, so you waited for me. I never knew boredom, I never knew fear, no anger, I only knew joy. The courage you gave me came out from the laughter and love. The frenzies of morning, the frenzies of night were ideas that we'd always avoid. We were steady and cool, we put each, we, and we each put the other above all the rest. We shared laughter and joy till the day that the piper was paid. We silently loved and kept strong on our road. Quiet and gracefulness gave me those shining bright days. Though we never spoke of it, we lived with a code and a pact. Now we still live in memory, still fighting through life now apart. And the time we have left is for songs to be sung in our hearts. Brilliant. Yeah. You have three is a charm there, Bill. Yes, I do. Uh, this is about my sister. It's called The Aftertaste of Something Strange and Delicious. Um, uh, I have a quote from a book called The Goblin Universe, but neither had heard of the fairy sport of constructing illusions and hoaxes and wouldn't have believed it if they had. Offered the choice of two impossibles, you take the one more familiar. The night she died, I had the feeling she was there, that she had come to say goodbye, but her Native American son-in-law had smoked out all the ghosts. Because people come back, but we don't know whether as good or as bad, so he said. And I was too frightened to see, thought I'd never seen a ghost, and after all had been warned of the dangers of being insane. She touched me much more than the Kennedys, of course, though the Kennedys indeed came back and haunt us to this day in evil and in good ways, I suppose, elevated to a myth of looking good. And all we're left is the supposition that youth is good and tragic when it's dead and situationally defined. She died at 58, that's young. And cancer is not a conspiracy. The wall of our news is a beautiful fate for the bimbos and muscleheads crowding the shores of the mythical ocean we're left with today. Mythology's retarded grandchild, religion's syphilitic love child, stillborn to psychology. We believe in, we glory in it like pigs and shit, we're happy as clams. To live a physical life is not a thing we need in this robot and Asimov world. Life is what you make of it. It all depends on you. If you're happy with the world, change your unhappiness to joy, you lazy bum, you're crazy. But believe in the crisis financial. Believe in the uniformity of dangerous but angelic minorities. Believe in hell and in heaven on earth. Believe in your class and in manners. Believe in politicians and in commentators. Believe in the gas that now lights the world. And above all, don't believe what your heart can tell. What's that smell? Thank you. Holy wow, Bill. Massive stuff. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, David. <laughs> hey, beautiful English words are coming in my ears and they are going deep to my feet. <laughs> well, keep my <laughs> Oh, it's so nice. Mo, we can't hear you. Okay, again, I would like to ask uh, uh, Namamalar if your son is ready to recite. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, he's not a child, though. He's oh, well, he's still your son, so that's fine. The child is also here. The child is inside me. Okay, well, present I'll yourself. Read. I'll read. Uh, here, shall I read this? Yes, read. Uh, yes, well, I wrote this when I was a child, so it, it's metaphorically a child reading. Okay. Uh, it's in three parts. First part is called Odvira's Lament. Time from my hands my spear has stolen and furnished a pot to put my soul in. Still the ball from my gun is rolling, but the flesh it tears is dust as mine, and I have not set my country's line. Oh, I wish I could read the covered sign in the second part. Winged missile of the sky on its jets goes marching by. Paternal pride we place in this invention that with muted hiss takes this message to the world. Mankind's standard is unfurled. There's a third part. Secrets play in darkest night, not feared of dawn's relenting light. If hindered is the light ray's path, the darkness cannot help but last. The slow effect is simple math. So darkness spreads out into past. Okay, thank you. Do you have another one for us? Uh, certainly. Uh, let's see, this is an ode to a uh, teapot. Maronian muse, who taught the ancient mage, consent light upon a head less sage, of neither arms nor of the man I sing. Thy talents lend me for a greater thing, that jug I sing in which is stored bohe, the nectar by the vulgar known as tea, its earthen form of olden revels boast, and from it exit precious gemstones ghosts, the ghostly liquor ghostly vigor gives, and he who drinks imagines that he lives. Okay, thank you. And do you have three is a charm? Uh, certainly. I'll read a very short poem because I've already taken quite a lot of your time here. Uh, uh, this is called a Resolution. I have resolved no longer to think, but slowly to sink to a sea of dull rhymes, awaiting fresh times. Okay, well, thank you. And someone asked, who is the block with the asterisks, black block? And I believe that's you, right, Ronald? Uh, that's my father, but I, he's decided to uh, sit out the session and just uh, listen. Wow, three people in the same family. That's wonderful. Well, hello to you, Father. Thank you for attending. And invite him to present at a time when he feels like he would wish to do so. Okay, okay. So, um, okay, well, now I would like to uh, uh, move to uh, back to Paris with another one of our Angora poets who hails from the southern, uh, the southern region of Africa from Lesotho, and his name is Rhett, Rettabile Masilo. Hello, Rhett. Good. Okay, you're on, yes. Yeah, uh, good evening, everyone. Um... I don't know if it's in, it's evening everywhere because we Angora is uh, with people from all over the world. Uh, so I'm going to um, see if I couldn't share my screen. Um, how do we do that? It's here. Share screen. Is it in English or French? Post okay. So it's in English, but in, okay. It, it, it doesn't matter. I'll just read because it says that the host has disabled the sharing. 
Um, so no, I haven't done that. Okay, let me give it another shot. Host disabled participant screen sharing. That's all right. I'll just uh, I'll just read. Okay. As we usually do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to begin with a poem uh, called "My Heart Is Empty Now," uh, which is a poem that got me into hot water with Facebook. I don't know why. I think that somebody told Facebook that my blog contained inappropriate material, and so they. Yeah. There is a lot of censorship going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my heart is empty now. Please just let me turn down this volume in my head so I can sit back, place my hands behind my head like a hammock around an ailing body. Though where I shall go from here, I don't know. Where does one go when the heart is empty? even as a mind reels from the persistence of love. A dove crosses the city and arcs into the distance. A plane carrying halves of people coasts overhead. Soon they will join the other when they reach their destination, the way my brother and I tore bills of money in half and kept one piece each on the last day before school and scotched them back during the holidays when we united, changed by distance and boarding school. We grew into men apart and then became children again, till it was time to part again. Oh yes, my heart is empty now. As the road stretches neither way from this junction, I shut my eyes and from the screens behind their eyelids, watch you, determined one morning, grab your bag and walk out, down the path past the football field, the heights of coding behind you, and disappear like a dark hawk beyond chimneys in the distance. Thank you. Thank you. And number two, please, Rhett. Number two. The feline. Often at this age, moody as a feline, I stare past these bars into the distance, my head nodding as I walk to count the number of contacts my paws make with the prison floor. Every so often, some boy will stand by the padlocked gate or lean against it at which point the cheetah in me visualizes blood on his body. For always when they come after church, lunch and sex, they are careless with themselves. And me, I like to see blood squirt, to smother prey with the fur of my body, to renew my instincts with myself. Sometimes I forget this whole thing of being in a cage and dream instead of a nap beside a clearing in the woods to whose mirrored pool deer come to lap water. And there, quite commonly, some doe will urge close, then rapidly tick away in a last effort to cheat death. Occasionally, I refuse to eat what food they shove toward me on a plate here, 
A hoof or a hand is what I'd rather have, both hooked to an arm which is tied to a body. But rest assured, I am no assassin. I eat what I kill. The thing is, it's been so long that now I do not really recall what the meat of a scared creature is meant to taste like. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if there's any vegans in the house. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> okay, do you have your freezer charm, Rex? I, I do. I do. Um, it's called the mendicant. At mid-street kneels the one we flow around, who parts us like a sarsen boulder in a river. We will never know where she comes from, and not because she doesn't speak our language, but because we have forgotten how to speak hers. She talks with her body and her arms stretched outward, her frame bent in midstream. I have known women like that who confront every morning, every day, to reach the deafened ears of the river the non-seeing eyes of its flood. Even as her rock accidents unsuspecting boats, I have known souls which can dance in the back rooms of a heart like blood welling in a swollen ventricle, enough to scribble a poem in a careless sky. What I have never known in some, is some outcome where the heart face loosens to a smile, thawing the heart. Though I'm not ready to die, I hear around tall skyscrapers the call of a death bird in my ears, trilling a melody so woeful from the building tops that I have no choice but to swim on down High Street and gather speed alongside other motorboats in the flow. Thanks very much. Thank you, Thanks, Matt. Thank you very much. And uh, now I have a surprise for everybody. I got a, I got a surprise. Our next poet is sitting in my living room. And so he's going to take uh, this seat and recite to you. It's another one of our Angoras. And uh, let, let's hear a word now from Jack Cooper. Ah, there I am. Thank you, Mo. Hello, everyone. Hey, Jack. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, I'd like to start with a poem called Forest, 1978. Robin Singh in St. Mary's Churchyard, Locust Street, Philadelphia, 3rd of May. Mockingbirds flit from stone to stone, middle of the afternoon, showing a single few fluttering seconds, what white, secret, wonderful things they are in flight. Ardent. They lift their tails and fan independent. One raised a higher branch, chants a melody, querulous azaleas, white blossoming chorus round 
wide white circles spread either side thought the white bench balanced alive with these thank you jack oh thank you um how about number two mr jack okay that i'm reading from my phone here um of course, I, I hope you all noted the presence of bees. If this were taking place now, that probably wouldn't be the case. And uh, this, which is called Proof Rock. It's dedicated to J. Alfred, born in 1917, and so far as I know, still alive. It's terrible. I long to turn heart wheels, but can't, not knowing where or why or how. Spring invadeth my soul with leaps and bounds. Brilliant all for nothing to this world, such Darkness will grant, yet neither reveals nor quite ever telling its truth. For that, you must go there yourself, making those visits, doing this math. Dare relieve present selves their flawed pasts. The fact finale may not sum. The son, prodigal, returns. Not for good this time, only show. Emerged, transformed, to prove innermost words aglow with living sparks. Well, hi, John. Thank you, Jack. And do you have three as a charm? In fact, I have uh, one more here that I could read. I'd like to share. It's called um, What Summer Is. What summer is, an occasion for surprise, the price of work, its real cost, original sin, memory forgotten, tears like summer rain, water from a hydrant visiting temporary glee, lightning relief life be once you have departed seem without it thank you thank you Mo. thank you jack all right, all right. i'll give up my seat now <laughs> <laughs> okay all right Okay, thanks, Jack. And uh, 
Now I would like to move again across the water uh, to Africa, to the country of Morocco, and to the poet El Habib. Hello, Habib. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> How are you doing? We're, we're doing well. I'm glad you're here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here with you. So, okay. Uh, so the first poem is called Hard to Succeed in a Normal Life. The rest of the dream was invoked in a filthy prison cell. Sorry. The rest of the dream was invoked in a filthy prison cell. He dreamed of his lonely days and all that he wished for, the life of a carpenter, his rebirth as a shepherd, his humming housewife in a countryside house where he would organize communal potluck suppers and read Mayakovsky. Weary latecomers would join him he would say, come on in. I have been waiting for you. I knew you would come. It is hard to succeed in a normal life after years behind bars. Sit here, my dear fellow. Sit here by the fire and listen. Listen to some old folk song serenades. Thank <clears throat> you. Okay. And uh Number two, please. Okay, political ballyhoo. What was inscribed in the books left behind by protectors of the temple was a mere attempt to obliterate the truth. They want you to believe they are there to protect you. They want you to live on the crust of political ballyhoo. Our nation is merciful only to its traitors, not to its real children. This is another illusion we were fed along with our mother's milk, similar to lies like a social contract. Nation is a dream. We dream around dawn, born of imagination, fed upon illusion and put to death by reality. For ages, my people made peace with their doubts and thrashed around in hopes like falling stones. They thought suffering was part of divine plan, since nobody came to heal the sick, feed the hungry, or raise the dead. They have all decided to commit mass suicide on a blessed day of Friday around sunset in the Plaza of Freedom. Thank you. Thank you. And do you have, Habib, do you have three as a charm for us? Okay. Uh, just the plans after the collapse. Things would happen suddenly under unnatural circumstances sometime at the end of fall. 
Nobody would care as they all planned to commit suicide or go insane sometime in summer since nobody came to heal the sick. People realized polite demand would not help them get assistance whatsoever from government or religious institutions and silence would not help them escape notice. So the sirens must be emptied of their supplies. The palaces must be occupied. The national TV headquarters must be seized. The parliament building must be demolished. The museums of godly figures must be ransacked. Libraries of official history must be incinerated. When it is done, there will be many corpses in the street, but nobody will mind the bloodshed. It would be better to blow up the world and wash it down with three glasses of Bechirovka and some expensive antidepressants just before sleep than live as we do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And good luck for your upcoming published book, Habib. Thank you. These are from the book. Very good. All right. Okay, well, now I would like to move back to France, to Paris, with a, another Angora home poet, and she is Caroline Adler. Hello, Caroline. Hi. Um, it will be in Spanish. Fine. Because <laughs> my, my English accent is uh, terrifying. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yep, well... Reading, it's not the same. <laughs> well, um, let's begin with a very small one, very tender. And could you tell? Could both you tell? Three are romantic. Very and could you tell us? Could you tell us the theme before you read um, it? It was about desire. Okay. Uh, just a desire for for one man. <laughs> um, the title is Poema. 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 Bien, claro. Embelezada de tu mano, el desnudo deseo. Y está. <laughs> That's the first one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's a very short yeah. one. Haiku. <laughs> uh, another one. Uh, another one. The title is Uh, well, it's about um, it's about love, but um, someone locked in a sort of crystal tower, uh, not uh, the same like in not as the in Die Hard, uh, uh, um, just like in Rust Rapunzel, one uh, yes. locked in. And uh, there is a boy outside uh, who says, let's come with me. And uh, she's going out in the desert and she's alone. It was just a joke. And she decides to stay out of the tower and cross the desert walking. And finally she met uh, the desert man, blue desert man. Uh, of uh, her um, of her home oasis 
and uh, well, it's um, it's a love poem, but it's um, a little bit surrealistic. <laughs> so let's read it in Spanish. <laughs> and I wrote it directly in Spanish. Um, te miraré en los ojos y te reconoceré. A veces hay que acercarse hasta tocarse para sentir las dos almas vibrar. Mi corazón era, era cerrado, cric-crac, escondida por dentro. Has llegado y con ternura, un abrazo, unas palabras, he abierto la puerta. Era un juego. Al salir estaba sola, sola en el desierto. Pues, aun si el sol quema, aun si no conozco el camino, no quiero encerrarme de nuevo, no quiero. No quiero volver en mi torre de cristal y miedo, no quiero. Ando por el camino de mi soledad. Muy bien la conozco, compañera de siempre. Ando por el camino. Era un juego. Era un juego. Era un juego. El hombre es su propio enemigo. ¿Enemiga mía? No. Salí al sentirte. Salí. Pensaba que era Isla Grande, Nueva Tierra. Solo era una ballena. Una ballena llena de amor. Pero Jonás ha olvidado salir de su pecho. Se ha quedado por dentro. Y de nuevo, me veo sola en el desierto, andando sola, andando por la arena, por el desierto de piedras, y el sol brilla, mujer azul y canela, color de tierra, blanca y sed, hambre y morena, mujer llena de vida, en el desierto de su vida, ¿quién la va a descubrir? Hombre azul, hombre de arena y de tierra, Hombre salvaje del oasis mítico, hombre del desierto de su vida. En el plen, y en pleno desierto se encuentran, se acercan hasta tocarse, hasta sentirse respirar, soplar. Surge el agua entre las piedras, árboles, flores y palmeras, de agua y de sombra. De amor y no me quedan las palabras. Se van en el viento del océano, alrededor de la isla grande, el corazón. Sopla y se van. Se van con él en el cielo. Se van con él en el agua. Agua vida. Agua vida. De amor y de... No me quedan las palabras. Se han ido con el miedo, la soledad. Hay cosas que no se pueden contar. Hay cosas que no se dicen. Hay cosas que solo se pueden sentir, vivir, compartir. Gracias, gracias. Muchos abrazos. Okay. Do you, do you have a third one? Uh... I've got a small third one, mm -hmm. which, which was... Uh which was an answer to uh, Otto Cronopio poem. He wrote okay. the first poem and I wrote an answer. It, it's not exactly an answer. It's just like an echo. Uh, mm -hmm. He wrote something 
about um, well someone he's finishing uh, i can read both poems if you want they are quite short okay so and he wrote because I, I because i talked to Oto. I talked to Otto a few days ago. Otto Canopio is a Paris uh, poet and an Angora poet. And he says he just does not do well on Zoom. So yep. do well for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't remember the, the this poem yesterday. I was looking for an idea to something to read. And he just remembered it to me, so uh, I think it could. The, the, his poem is named En la Barca, which is a reference to uh, La Vida y Sueño, una obra de teatro, uh, a play, a uh, theater, theatric play, and um, which is La Vida y Sueño. And the, the, the old phrase is la vida es sueño y los sueños sueños son, um, which means uh, the life is a dream and dreams are just dreams. So, le diría en el círculo de mis brazos hay un fuego, es feroz caníbal, no para de consumirse en vano por siempre pero tú tal vez tienes esta voz subterránea, acuática, háblame. Distrae el dolor de los días, cuéntame en, las no en la noche de la luz de las estrellas que ya casi no llega a la ciudad. Tú tal vez er eres un río y, y yo otro. A veces se juntan y todo acaba en espuma al mar. A veces hacen tiernas nubes y todo recomienza. El círculo mínimo de mis brazos es un fuego que se muere de frío. El mundo es un pasadillo abandonado donde los viejos vientos se, se emborrachan cantando sus melancolías infinitas. No los escuches demasiado, hazte el favor. Le diríase de juegos, hago buena cocina, hagamos compañía. Si soportas también, hago poesía con las chispas que se, que se extravían del fuego inútil que entre mis brazos forma el pequeñísimo círculo donde, hay, donde aún hay vida. Le diría que es normal tener miedo, que es sin duda mejor que andar por ahí mariposeando entre las guadanas, entre las guadanas sin pensarlo demasiado. Tengo yo el problema contrario. He pasado décadas con la pupila clavada en el filo de espadas reales o quién sabe. Y por eso tal vez le diría que aún no es demasiado tarde bajo el cielo. Que hay un espacio para todos, para los dos y la alegría. Por ahí seguiría el delirio del fuego pequeñito que llamé a el ovalo, el ovalo de mis brazos como la boca de un volcán dormido. Casi, casi muerto. Escucha, escucha vestigios de mi voz, vibrantes cenizas del núcleo herido. Escúchame, fantasma, lo que, diría, lo que le diría. Tú también eres piedra celeste en órbita, enigmática con la existencia. 
Hermana, no sé quién eres. ¿Qué es lo que quieres? Tal vez tampoco nos sepas tú. Aquí hay un mínimo fuego efímero, fugaz, en el círculo de mis brazos. Habla. Y la contesta. Podría hablarte de la noche, de sus miles de estrellas. Podría hablarte de la fuerza del agua que atraviesa las montañas, del hielo, de la lluvia, de mis lágrimas también, podría. En el hueco de mis brazos hay palabras dormidas, se estiran despacio y regresan al sueño. Podría hablarte de la fuerza de los árboles, la tierra hormigueante de vida y de esa pequeña llama que en el hueco de mis brazos cuando lucen las tinieblas, me deslumbra. Podría decirte de navegar hasta mí. Escondidos en las nubes, construyamos pues un nido. Un nidal bien delicado para hablar con las estrellas. Hace mucho frío allá arriba. Tus poesías nos calentarán. En el hueco de mis brazos llevo una pequeña llama. No sé dónde, de dónde viene. Nació conmigo a menos que sea yo que nació con ella. Podría decirte lo que no sé, lo que no entiendo. Buscaríamos juntos, eh, inventaríamos, explorarríamos con lámpara frontal, palmas, corta uñas. Iríamos en búsqueda de dragones, guardianes de los vientos y de los ríos y de los montes solitarios. En el hueco de mis brazos, me gustaría bajarme del nidal de estrellas, poder sentir tu piel. Pero el miedo cae como una capa de hormigón sobre mis días y me impide decir, sentir mi amor. Háblame, déjeme una escalera que me lleve hasta ti. Gracias, muchas gracias.